Today, we're going to talk about what to do when you feel bored in your relationship with God. Let's be real. It happens to all of us. Things become stale. It's hard to focus or we aren't getting a lot of our time with Jesus. It can be discouraging. Today, I want to share six tips that I've learned in my relationship with Jesus that will help you become more refocused and re-engaged in your time with God. Welcome to the Digital Discipleship Podcast. My name is Augustine, and I'm so stoked that you're a part of this conversation. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all the support. We are nearing 300 subscribers on the podcast, and that just blows my mind that there's 300 of you guys out there listening, and it's such a blessing to know that, uh, man, you're sticking around for the journey. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. I can't wait to hit that 300 number. Um, For a podcaster, I feel like that's kind of a a big feat. So thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in. I'm sorry it's been so long, uh, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that we are back on cue with the podcast. New episodes coming out every Thursday. I did move away from the video model. Honestly, it was just a lot of work to shoot to edit, to get lighting right. Uh, It's just a lot of work. So honestly, I'm going with audio. I'm going to just focus on the content and less about the look. So man, if you're here, if you're listening, whether you're driving, working out, chilling in your room, uh, putting this on while you're working on homework, whatever you're doing, thank you for listening. I'm super glad you're here. If I'm honest, there have been many seasons in my time with Jesus where I get spiritually bored. I start my time with Jesus in the morning or at night, and it's not super engaging. In different seasons, I've had different ways of connecting with the Lord. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to grow and mature in your relationship with God that oftentimes, sometimes you're going to feel a little spiritually bored. And I think sometimes we look at that as a negative. Sometimes we look at that as uh, what's wrong? Am I in sin? What's going on? But oftentimes, I think when we feel spiritually bored in our time with Jesus, as we're trying to read the scripture or we have a a regular prayer time, oftentimes that boredom is a notification to our lives that God wants to reveal something new to us. Let's be super clear about this. If we are bored, it's not because God is boring or the Bible is boring or worship is boring. God is glorious, beautiful, amazing. He is the creator, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All the depths of goodness that we could find in this world, they're all from him. And there's so much riches and glory and goodness and love that we have yet to experience from God. We've had tastes, but there's so much more to experience in him. And so oftentimes our boredom is an indication that we need to shift how we are experiencing God in times that we're trying to, yeah, spend time with him. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you in this mindset that even if you feel kind of guilty about being bored in your quiet time, or maybe it's just been really hard for you to get anything out of the word, I just want to rebuke any shame or guilt that you're feeling. And instead, I want to give you a new kind of mentality, a new focus as we step into the episode today. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 27, four. 
where the psalmist says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. What I love about the psalmist here is he points out something that we can often miss as we are reading and engaging with this passage of scripture. And that is this idea of active focus. The psalmist is challenging us in writing this to have an active focus on God. What does that mean? Well, notice the psalmist verbs that he uses in this one verse. Again, let me read it again. This one thing I ask, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. If you missed it, those verbs, ask, seek, dwell, gaze, seek again. All of these are active words. They're something that the psalmist is challenging us as readers to realize that in our relationship with Jesus, there has to be an active engagement. This isn't a passive relationship. This isn't something that you come to the table and don't actively engage. It's not something you can come in with your phone on and you're scrolling through social media while you're trying to spend time with Jesus. No, it takes active engagement, active focus to ask, to seek, to dwell, to gaze, to seek. And so I want to give you guys six practical tips, six practical ways that I've found that help me in my active focus. And so if you need to be challenged, if you need to even be encouraged in saying, how do I help my quiet time be engaging? How do I get the most out of the word? How do I really engage with intentionality and passion when it comes to prayer and worship? Here are six things that I've done. I've done every single one of these things, and they've greatly helped me in being actively focused and has helped alleviate any boredom or lack of focus in my time with him. Number one, change your location. If you can change your location, I think you'll find that solves a lot of issues. I've been in seasons of my life where I just can't be in certain rooms because it's too distracting um, or it's too comfortable. For example, currently uh, spending time with Jesus at my own house can almost be a distraction because it's so comfortable. I love my bed. I love my couch. I just feel super comfortable. And so I have to really try to engage. Whereas if I've spent time with Jesus in my office, I'll wake up and I'll come to the office and I'll be here in my office and be reading the word, worshiping. I find it's way easier to mentally engage. I think it's because I've gotten dressed and I've walked outside and I've driven my car and I've walked into the building, maybe saw one or two people. And by the time I'm in my office and sitting down and with my cup of coffee and the word open, it's my brain's already moving. It's already engaged. It's already active. And so I would challenge you, consider changing your location. You could go outside. You could have a a little space by a tree or uh, walking on a path and, and listening to worship music as you pray. Uh, it could be an active engagement, you physically walking. Um, I know people that have made prayer rooms, dedicated spaces where they only go in there when they're going to pray, worship, read the word. And sometimes those prayer rooms are not a fancy prayer room with chalk wall and all that. It's just simply 
in a in a prayer closet. They literally open a room in their house where there's nothing in it, and let's just make it a prayer closet. Let's put up some prayer points. Let's uh, make it look a little pretty, and then let's just sit in there. Let's put a chair in there. Let's put some couch cushions, you know, whatever it takes. Um, sometimes just creating a space is a creative way to engage with the Lord in an active way. But also, you could also do it from a place like a library, a coffee shop, an airplane. Here's what I found about location, at least for me, and maybe this is not the same for everyone, but if I change my location a lot of different times, I find that I'm able to experience God very regularly. When I spend time with God on an airplane, reading the word or putting some worship music on, or even just praying silently under my breath as we pray, that is a way to engage with the Lord that is different than my office or my living room or a coffee shop. And so I say, don't be afraid to change up your location on a regular basis to spend time with God in different ways. Maybe one day it's while you're driving. Maybe the next day it's while you're going on a walk. Maybe the day after that you're doing in your living room. And every day, maybe you do a little something different with the Lord. Remember, this is a relationship. If you want to have a relationship with someone, you're not always going to go to the same place and do the same thing. Change it up. Go to different places. I think it'll help you engage. Number two, engage with the Lord when you're feeling bored. Diversify your conversation. Again, this is a relationship. So in your conversation, if you're only ever doing the same thing in that relationship, I kind of feel like you're missing out on a whole lot of aspects of a relationship. And so here are four different ways that I like to diversify my conversation with the Lord. And I'll just briefly hit on them. But honestly, I'll probably have to do a whole podcast episode on this one topic because it's so deep. But here are four ways I diversify my conversation. One, exhortation or praise. Man, literally worship, like sing, praise God, um, whether that, yeah, you singing or writing out praises or just telling God all the things that you're so thankful for, just praising him. Another way to diversify the conversation is confession. And confession is one of the most beautiful things. And it just brings you to a point where you're with Jesus and you're saying, hey, here's where I missed the ball last week. Here's how I missed the mark yesterday. Here's how I can be more like Jesus in these ways. Help me, Jesus, do this better. I know I'm weak in this area. And talking to him about our failures, talking to him about our areas that we really need his help, I think it's so important to have an active confession lifestyle. I I regularly am confessing things. Um, A a hint of pride that was in my heart the day before, selfishness that I felt um, when I got that assignment, or jealousy that someone else got a cool opportunity and I didn't, you know, all of those things where, Hey God, that was, that was in my heart. And maybe it was never expressed, but I felt that. And I know you knew that I felt that. So confession is a beautiful way to diversify the conversation. Another thing is intercession, um, praying for other people, praying for other situations, praying for things happening in other cities or countries, or praying for a church, praying for your pastors, praying for hurting and broken people, you know, that are in dire situations, man, a great way to diversify the conversation with you and the Lord is just saying like, hey, help me engage with you in your heart. And you know that Jesus has a heart for all those that are hurting and that are broken, all those that are walking through a hard marriage, all those who are under a lot of weight of leadership and could use some encouragement through our prayers. So consider adding intercession into your conversation. And the fourth aspect of diversifying your conversation would be listening. 
um, do you create space just to sit with God and listen to what he has to say? We all know the stereotypical relationships where the one person in the relationship talks 90% and then the other person talks 10%. And I think if we're honest, when we come into our prayer times, we're the ones talking 90% and maybe we give God 10% of our time to listen. So I would encourage you, like if your relationship's feeling a little stale, a little boring, maybe it's because you're doing a lot of talking and maybe you need to allow space for God to speak to you because when God speaks, trust me, it's going to really change the dynamic of your relationship when he starts giving you words, pictures, ideas, leads you to scripture. When he starts speaking to you, man, that dynamic is definitely going to shift and it will be anything but boring. Number three, adjust your time. Oftentimes I talk to people and they're feeling bored in their relationship with Jesus, but they're giving Jesus the leftovers, the leftovers of their day. They're giving him the time of the day where their energy is at the lowest. When do you spend time with Jesus? What is your regular schedule with Jesus? And let me just say this too, like longer isn't always better. Sometimes I think we uh, romanticize this idea that I spent two hours with Jesus every morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Man, if that works for you, man, go at it 100%. I'm, I'm cheering you on. But to be honest, guys, like my best times with the Lord range from 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm not worried about having a lack of time. I'm worried about having a lack of quality time. I want to have a great quality 30 to 45 minutes. And as long as I'm honest with myself and saying, yes, it's enriching, it's fresh, I love it, then I think that's fair. And I don't think you need necessarily more time to really get some great quality relationship with Jesus. And so the other aspect of that is if you're adjusting time, I would also encourage you to schedule it. Schedule your time. Part of adjusting your time is saying like, you know what? I'm not giving Jesus the best part of my day. You know, some people, again, romanticize the 5 a.m. or the midnight prayer hours, the 3 a.m.s. Hey, those are great. If that's your prime time, you go for it. My prime time is that 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock time frame. Somewhere within that hour is when I'm spending time with Jesus. And I'm awake, I'm drinking coffee, and it's the best time of the day because my brain isn't going on work and all the things I have to do. So yeah, just know that give Jesus the best time of your day. Adjust the time that you spend with him. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be. It could be the best 20, 30 minutes of your day. And I promise you, if you're giving him your best, man, you're going to get so much more out of that relationship and no boredom will be there. The fourth way you can really fight boredom and, and really go for an active focus in your relationship with Jesus is ask God good questions. This is something I've been challenged on recently. And... I wonder how many of us actually ask God questions. When was the last time you asked God a question and really sought him out for an answer? Questions indicate curiosity. But I, I think there's not enough Christians asking questions. I think there's a lot of Christians trying to answer questions, but not a lot of Christians asking questions and, and truly wanting to hear from God, hear from his word about the answers to those questions. So what do you want to find out about God? What do you want to find out about the kingdom? What do you want to find out about how God responds to culture? 
how God responds to things going on in our world today. Why don't we ask God questions? Why don't we go to the word about it? And I think, again, questions indicate curiosity. Let's get curious in the presence of God. Let's ask him questions. Let's Let's really go to the word with questions we want to answer. Let's pull out the commentaries. Like, let's get away from this surface level Christianity with nice, easy answers that sound pretty, but what does that mean? Is it biblical? So let's let's be curious. Let's be a curious generation and really ask God good questions. Number five, learn to worship audibly. Here's why I love this one. I'm not a vocalist. I can't sing. I'm not tone deaf, but I I just can't sing. But I know that God loves to hear my voice nonetheless. And I think often we, in our worship culture that we have as Christians, especially in the West, we forget the power of our voice. We get the, forget the beauty of our voice because we hear all these people on albums and we see them in music videos and we're like, we don't have that good of a voice. They're the worshipers. And I just want to tear down that, that lie that, only worship leaders worship. No, the worship leader's goal is actually to engage the room in worship. So we are worshipers. They're simply trying to lead the way, create a bridge, help us focus, give us vocabulary to express our worship. And so worship isn't reserved for musicians. Worship is an active engagement of our heart, proclaiming the reality of who God is, whether we feel it or not. Again, worship is what we were designed to do. And we're not designed to do it if we can sing well. We're designed to do it because we have breath in our lungs and that breath is a gift from God and the only right response is our worship back to him. So get outside of yourself and sing out loud in church, in a chapel service, in a prayer set, but alone in your time with God. It may feel weird to you and you're like, what if someone hears me? Who cares what people think? You know, remember David dancing around before the Lord and his wife was ashamed of him. So why are you doing this? Why are you making a fool out of yourself? That's not how kings respond. That's not how kings act. And David's response was like, I'm just worshiping God with all that I have. And I know some people who don't have good voices, but when they worship, it's so authentic. It's so real. And they're not trying to be worship leaders. Let's, let's be honest. We're not all, we're not all called to be worship leaders. But we are all called to worship. And so get outside of yourself. Sing. Worship audibly in your time alone with God. Pick your favorite playlist and have five to ten of your favorite songs and just sing. Sing to the Lord. There's something that changes and shifts in your heart and in your mind when you get outside of your own pride and you say, I'm going to worship you, Jesus. Some of my favorite times with the Lord alone are when I'll have a song on that just is hitting me different that day and I'm just singing to God. And I know he doesn't care about (laughs) if I'm on key, if it sounds good. He's just hearing my heart through my words. And so for those of you that aren't singers, that aren't vocalists, that's really a challenge for you. Get outside of yourself and worship audibly. Number six, last one, how to get outside of boredom in your relationship with Jesus. Man, explore Bible engagement tools. I am so sick of excuses of people if they're like, I don't know what to read. I don't know what to do. What kind of plans? I'm just kind of overwhelmed. I don't really know. Stop. We are facing a lot of biblical illiteracy in our generation. And if you're serious about Jesus, if you're serious about being a leader, if you're serious about stepping into the calling that God has for you, reading the Bible and knowing the Bible is not optional. You can't just 
get away with good Christianese anymore. People want truth, and they're going to ask you where it's from. They're going to ask you, man, where in Scripture is that? Tell me about Jesus. And if you can only say what you've heard in a worship song, it's not deep enough. Ooh, I'm going in. I'm sorry. Here's some practical engagement tools that I've used that have really helped me over the years. And some of them I still do, and some of them, you know, in, in and out of different seasons. One I do is Bible reading plans on a Bible app. Guys, the Bible app is like the most downloaded app in the world. Can we can we go and make a Bible plan? Can we stick to it? It gives you reminders. It gives you daily challenges. You can even uh, put other people that you're friends with on the Bible app on those reading plans. It, you can have it send reminders to you. Man, there's so many Bible plans, so many Bible plans around books of the Bible, themes in the Bible, people in the Bible, um, topics in our culture, um, Bible reading plans around other books, maybe favorite pastors or churches you, you love to listen to. Great. There are so many. Just start with a plan and get in the word. Man, the more you're in the word, the more it's going to come out of you. You got to fill yourself with the word so it's overflowing out of you and everything you say, everything you do, everything you think. Every time a TV ad comes on or a political party is speaking or no matter what you're taking in, you're using it through the filter of the word. Audio Bible or reading Bible, either one. I love listening to audio Bible on a long drive sometimes because I'm getting the word and I'm hearing and I'm thinking about it even though I can't be reading it. Uh, another Bible engagement tool that I've used over the years is journaling. There's something scientific, and I don't know what the term is because I'm not a scientist, but when you read something, when you think something, when you speak something, and then when you write something, when you take all that you're processing and you write it, not necessarily type it, but write it on paper and pen, you know, like old school. There's something that happens in your brain that helps you remember it and think about it throughout the day. So if you're wanting to memorize scripture, if you're wanting to engage with scripture in a different way, I'd highly recommend journaling. And lastly, I think engaging in the word with people is very valuable. And that's why I think if you get with friends, maybe you have some friends on your college campus, maybe you have some friends at your job or at your church, small group, something like that where you can get around a table, get around a coffee shop and say, hey, this week we're going to study these two chapters in scripture and come and let's talk about it and how it applies to our lives. I think that's powerful and I think we need more of that in our day today. But also, I don't think if you don't have friends or if you don't have community around you physically that can do that, there's no excuse because there's some great options for virtual. And I can speak to that from a personal testimony. So I do a Bible study with my two brothers, Victor and Mateo, and every week, every Tuesday and Friday, we jump on this app called Marco Polo, which is basically video messaging, and we leave video messages for each other, giving our reflections on the assigned scripture for that week. And so we're given our own personal Mendoza commentary on, we just did Romans 9 this week, and we're talking about Romans 9 and, and God's judgment, God's compassion, God's sovereignty. What does that mean in scripture? What does that mean in our culture and world today? How do we see that playing out now um, with youth and young people that we're leading and the conversations we're having? And so it's so enriching to not only read a scripture and think about it for a little bit, read a scripture, think about it, speak it, going back to journaling, writing it. So engage with the word, you guys. Don't just read your daily scripture, your chapter for the day and move on. That's not going to internalize inside of you in a healthy and enriching way. So if you really want to get out of boredom in your relationship with Jesus, man, bring a community around you and engage in the word together.
All of these tips are just suggestions. All of us are very different in our ways that we engage with Jesus. But my goal for you is that you never feel bored in your relationship with God. And even if you do feel bored, don't feel shame, don't feel guilt. Just try one of these six ways to re-engage with an active focus in your relationship with Jesus. Remember, Jesus speaks to us in such unique and special ways. But I can attest to the value of adjusting your life, adjusting your priorities around your time with God. Again, if you're a, a Christian young adult listening to this, you know that the value that you have in your time with God, in the time that you spend in his word is going to matter in your family, in your career, in your leadership, in your own personal, emotional, physical, spiritual health. You need more time with him. If we truly want to be like Jesus and represent him in our world today, then our time in prayer, worship, meditation of the word, it's a non-negotiable. If you want to be like him, you have to be with him. Let me pray for you and we'll finish up the episode. God, I thank you for my friends listening to this episode. God, I thank you for the nearly 300 people that hear these episodes. And God, I just ask for a blessing on their life. I ask as they engage with you, God, that you would meet with them. You'd speak to them. You would do something new and fresh in their relationship with you. And as they try out maybe one, two, three, or all of these ways to re-engage their focus with you, God, I ask that you would meet with them, speak to them, remind them of your kindness and your goodness. Thank you, God, that you are close and that what Jesus did on the cross and the fact that Jesus rose again from the grave has given us access to you to speak and to engage with you. So Holy Spirit, come and touch every single person listening to this podcast episode. I thank you for this content in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to the Digital Discipleship Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. It means a lot and helps my podcast channel grow. We'll see you next Thursday for our next episode on the Digital Discipleship Podcast.